Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on follow your passion. We finish it up, part two of two. Here we go. Okay, so the second point you made is don't follow your passion. Find out what makes you happy. Yeah. So one of the things that scientists, behavioral scientists tell us is that we're really bad at predicting what's going to make us happy. Oh, gosh, yeah. So we've got a couple of examples here of people we might imagine that we might want to be and that making us happy, and then an idea of how to actually work out what is going to make you happy rather than just imagining. So the first person I thought of when I was like, who would I like to be? Who would be, be make me being happy? And, of course, I, I thought of Taylor Swift because, you know, she was singing on the radio, and she followed her passion. That's true. But from age nine... I read she was traveling from Pennsylvania to Broadway for singing lessons. And at 12, she was working on her first song, having had a bunch of rejections from record labels in Nashville. Now, I don't think at 12 I could have handled rejections from record labels. Right. She completed her schooling. She got a 4.0 GPA, and she did it in a year at the same time as touring. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want to work that hard between – 12 and 18. I, I went to school. I play, I did stuff with my friends. I did stuff I was interested in, but I didn't work like a grown up and I didn't, I don't want to. That wouldn't have made me happy. Right. So, yeah, I'd love to have her success, but I also wouldn't have wanted her childhood either. Right. But, but, but on the other hand, she was happy. She was. She was do, that, that's the point. People say, well, this makes me happy. Okay, are you happy doing it for 15 more years and being unsuccessful at it? One way to define passion is to say, are you willing to do it even if you don't succeed? And I think that now passion has taken the idea that everyone who becomes successful said, well, I'm really passionate about it, a la Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. And so therefore they say, oh, well, you need to have passion. Okay, but there are a lot of people who are passionate who aren't successful. And too many people don't realize that passion may be necessary for success at that high level, the kind of people who speak at commencement and are multimillionaires by the term 26, like Taylor Swift. But it also means there are places where passion doesn't lead to success. And you have to be like, I'm fine with that. This is what I love to do. Um, And as long as you can take care of your family, great. But don't confuse success later with passion now because they're two different things. Yeah. Uh, Stephen King, because a lot of people think they want to be writers or want to be writers, and he says, by the time I was 14, he used to um, hang the rejection slips on a nail on the wall. And he says, by the time I was 14, the nail in my wall would not support the weight of the rejection slips. So he replaced the nail with a spike, and he went on writing. And I don't think he got success until he was, uh, I don't know, 30s at least. Probably, yeah. So, like, that's 15 years after he was 14, when already a nail wouldn't support the, the rejection slips, another 15 years of poverty, of writing around a job, of, you know, and again, that wouldn't make me happy. As much as I think I might, you know, oh, we've all got a novel in us, I'm not sure that would make me happy. And again, it's about, you know, are you willing to sit there for two hours a day and write and then go do a day job? in order to support your family. Right. And I think what people are hearing is saying, well, look, Taylor Swift and and Stephen King both had passion and they turned out great. And our point is that they did it for years and years and years with no 
hope of success and they were doing it for the right reason and if you don't feel the burn that they feel you may be mistakenly defining or ascribing success or or passion to something that that they would not consider you to be passionate at unless you're doing these kind of things and if we're going to talk about success well certainly mandarin tools and career tools have been successful and yet i didn't know i was going to be doing them 12 years ago at all we had a vague idea but certainly by the time i was 27 uh when i was 28 if somebody said what should you do for the rest of your life based on my success i mean i didn't know i i don't know that made me a bad person it certainly didn't make me unsuccessful i didn't know what my passion was but when i was 27 or 28 i would have said what i'm really got is good at is persuading people of things i'm a good salesperson and what's interesting about that i didn't know that until i was 26 and in fact my brother and i went to a career conference and they said what do you want to interview for i said well i'm a technical guy and i have good leadership skills so i should probably be in a plant floor somewhere and a person said to me well you you probably ought to consider sales my brother walt who's way smarter than me came to the same conference as me and he says yeah i'm interviewing for managing jobs and production jobs and so on he says but you need to go into sales i'd never even dreamed of that yeah. i was an engineer and if I'd have chosen poorly, we'd have never had this. Somebody else might have done it. It might have been better. I don't know. But find out what makes you happy early in your life because work takes on a good portion of your life. And again, going back to Bill Gates, being unhappy isn't a way to your passion necessarily. There's pluses and minuses to working you know, as a manager or an engineer or in a, in, a, in a corporation, there's late nights, there's times when you miss your kids, there's travel. But the, the trick is to work out which of those things make you happy and, and which of those things make you miserable. One of the things my mom told me the other day, um, Michelle Obama was on an interview that she saw and they asked her, what are you, what are you looking forward to after the presidency? And she says, I really want to ride in a car and open the windows. Because they can't open the windows because they're bulletproof and they have to be secured in there. And, um, again, that would make me really unhappy. And not that she probably had a choice about her being Mrs. President, but the trick is to work out what things make you happy and, and watch for those things because you can't predict them and and which things are good for you and, and try and mount up some of those things and detract, you know, have less of the minuses. And often those things aren't your passions. You know, I love to read, but it doesn't, it's not good for me to stay in the entire weekend and read 12 books. You're, you're saying reading is a passion of yours, right? Yeah. 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 I had a discussion recently with a guy who's a very successful senior guy at a startup firm that's being funded. And he says, my dream job is being CEO of my own company. I said, okay, what ideas do you have? He says, well, I don't have any. I'm like, well, you understand that what you picture as being dream job, CEO of your own company, by definition to be CEO of your own company, it implies you have to have an idea there. You have to be serving somebody. He says, yeah, I know. I'm just talking about the role. I'm like, that's devoid of anything. It's like you want the results of the success without understanding what you're good at, what makes you happy. Um, and without the hard work to get there. And I think, I think that's very similar to this guidance. And, and if you, the bad guidance of, 
of just, hey, just follow your passion. Your passion is not what happens at the end. Your passion is what motivates you to get out of bed and work every single day, no matter what. What your passion is doesn't necessarily make you happy day to day. And, yes. You know. So the next one is don't follow your passion, pursue your interests. Okay. And we've said a couple of times that you didn't know what your passion was until you were older. I, yeah. I At 12, I competed in swim meets, which anyone who will have met me will be surprised at because, A, I'm not competitive, and, B, I don't look like I can swim. At 16, I was a complete gearhead. All I wanted to talk about was motorbikes, which was just weird. Uh, last Christmas, all I read was books about nuns. I don't know why I just had a thing for it. And there's been all sorts of, uh, for a while I wanted to be a management consultant, for a while I wanted to be a translator, for a while I wanted to work in banking. There's nothing that ever, I just kept thinking of all these different things. And the one thing that stands out to me is the two times I went to work with my dad, the, the first time I went to work my, with my dad, he had a telex machine and he had this code that he was typing to these people in South Africa about aeroplanes. And I was fascinated by it and then it would chunter away and print their message back and he had to translate it and then the second time I went he ran a staff meeting and I was like that's my dad and he's like telling these people what to do and they're all listening to him like that's pretty cool and when I started working in recruitment I discovered that was what I loved I loved talking to people about their work I loved watching them work I loved what seeing what made people good and that's what turned into this but until I was, I don't know, uh, 30, I guess. I didn't know that. Right. I fell into recruitment. So I went, just like you, I went to a recruitment. You're saying that you really didn't understand that you, you know those memories were, were powerful, but you didn't connect them then and understand them then is the point, is part of the point you're making. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, it's interesting you say this about watching people work. The first story in Peter Drucker's autobiography adventures of a bystander is him going to a parade i want to say in austria and he was a 12 year old boy and being in the parade didn't interest him so he stepped out of the parade because he wanted to watch what the people were doing in the parade i'd be with him yeah oh yeah watching what makes it work yeah yeah and some people are sure some people know they want to be a fireman or a musician or a it's, doctor yeah. at age 12 i i went to uh, school with a guy who wanted to be a brain surgeon and i looked him up recently on linkedin and he is now a brain surgeon so he knew that at 12 13 but not many people do and and few of us have a passion that lasts for a lifetime and even fewer have a passion that will sustain a lifestyle for a lifetime and that fits the rest of our life you know fits with the family and all those kind of things we love passion but passion is not something you necessarily need to figure out first and then determine how you're going to satisfy it. Sometimes your passion comes from finding out what your interests are and discovering you're, they're not or what you're happy at, what makes you happy, or what you love to do. But assuming that you know at age 20 or 25 or even 30, assuming that you know that everyone knows is ludicrous. Maybe you will be that person that wants to be a brain surgeon and makes it happen but i suspect um if he was smart enough to be a brain surgeon and something happened along the way because life is random at times he probably would have been good at something else as oh, well yeah. he was super smart yeah and what what do you do if your passion is like journalism which is being completely 
disintermediated. Yeah. And, you know, you're watching all the people that around you who had stable jobs be laid off and become contractors or writing top 10 lists for BuzzFeed. Like, what would that do to your passion? For me, that would kill my passion. I couldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to stand the insecurity of that. So, you know, there's some things for which you're passionate about where it's gone. It's, it's, you know, the world is moving too fast for, you know, what you want to do. And there's plenty of ways to follow your passion outside of work this there's, there's a, a or to pursue your interests right you can be in an orchestra you can right. dance in a volunteer group you can write fanfic you can make furniture and give it to your friends you can find a group that needs translations and translate for them there's a ton of ways to do those things outside of work you your passion does not have to be your work yeah and i think i think uh the passion that you have when you're 20 again is different than the passion you have when you're 40. an informed passion is a more full-fledged passion and the passion you have when you're 20 is a yearning a desire a burning and the passion i feel at 40 uh, or 50 um, is more well informed and it is much more likely to add value to the world um, i think a lot of young people are overly enamored with things that are popular rather than things that are useful. And too often, as an individual, what becomes popular to us are things that are entertainment and art and sports and media and so on, rather than things like digital encryption technology, which may not be popular, but is incredibly important to the world. And most of us aren't smart enough at 20 to know anything about digital encryption technology enough to say that's going to be my passion. And our view of the world at 18 and 20 is so limited. We have so no idea what so many jobs are and what's out there. There's things that you could be passionate about that you don't even know exist yet. Right. So the last one is uh, don't follow your fashion passion. Find something you like to do. So before we, we uh, won't, I was just thinking, if we'd have said we were passionate about podcasts when we oh, were both 20, they, they didn't, yeah, uh, they I didn't, didn't think exist. podcasts existed, did they? They didn't exist. There was, there was barely email when I was 20. So, yeah. and But you and I end up writing every day. And right. I just said, like, it's okay. I like to write. You know, people can understand me. It's, it's not hard for me. But we have well, to write every single day. And... Not both of us say I don't like writing, but I like oh, having yeah. written. Yeah, I don't writing like is writing. Is like hitting your head, hitting uh, yourself on the head with a hammer. The best part of it is when you finish, yeah. right? And here's the thing: writing is not what we set out to do. But part of the reason our content is good is it's all written in advance. Not the jokes. Not I'm not actually reading script right now, but we have show notes that are available to licensees that, by the way, save you a bunch of times, so you don't have to listen to Wendy and I ramble quite so much. Um, because what I just said is definitely not in the show notes. Um, but I didn't envision myself a writer. I envisioned myself helping people learn about management. Well, if you don't know what you like to do and your passion is X, you better have a passion, an awful lot of it, a great, great, great deal of passion if it requires you to do three things you hate. And what so many people do is say, oh, my passion is that. And then when they find out what's involved, they're like, oh, I don't want it that much. Well, then that wasn't a passion. That, that's the rule. Now, in our case, our passion uh, 
educating the world about management and careers is enough of a passion that I'm prepared to write to do it. And I, I still don't like writing. My book comes out in a couple of months and I was glad to be done with it years ago. It's hard. So we didn't start out saying we were going to be writers. We didn't. I always wanted to be a good writer because I admired people who were good writers, but I never thought that I'd be a novelist. I certainly never thought that I would I would have written as much material as I have, enough for probably 20 novels by now, gee whiz. And if you don't know what you're good at, if you don't know what you're like, if you don't know what you love, it could jump up and bite you when you realize the path to getting to your passion requires you to do some stuff you don't want to do. Yeah. I used to work near to one of the EA Arts buildings in the UK where they make computer games. Um, one of the things, I used to meet people who were computer games testers randomly because there were a lot of them. And there's a lot of people who would say, oh, testing computer games sounds awesome. I could do that all day. In fact, that's what I spend my entire weekend doing, playing computer games. And so the idea of doing that every day, like that would, I could be passionate about that. And, you know, those people hated it. It was boring. It was. You have to do the same level over and over again, and each time you choose a different route so right. that, that it's tested, and there's bugs in it, so it can it crashes all the time, and you have to practice doing the same move over and over again. And actually, computer games testing, it's really people don't like doing it. And, yeah, it's one of those things that people that, say oh i'm i'm passionate about it and and the passion comes from because you don't have to do it as a job i used to write a newsletter for um, one of the groups i was in and i only had to do it once a month and yeah it was fun i i might have said it was passion i probably wouldn't but now i have to do it every single week and i have to do other writing every single day it's not my passion <laughs> i do it because it brings me to my passion, like you said, right? right? And and doing stuff that you think is your passion as a job, you you quickly find out whether or not it really is or not. Yeah, and I also think that joy is not easily revealed. And when people talk about doing their passion, they want the joy of working on something they're passionate about. But, you know, everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Heaven knows how to put a price on its good. And... If you think that what you're doing you're passionate about, but you're not willing to work hard on it, then by definition, you're not passionate about it. And learning in the early part of your career what you like and what you're good at and what you want to do helps you so that when you find, when, when your joy is fully informed, you will have developed the maturity to understand those things that go with uh, the hard work, that, that are involved in the hard work of getting from point A to point B, where B is the passion. And when you fully understand it and you understand what you can tolerate and what you can't because you have experience in the workplace and experience as an adult and so on, you can more readily say, yes, this is my passion because I can tolerate the, the trade-offs I have to make. And too many people don't know that. And after five years, they get burnt out. And, and unfortunately, we haven't talked about it because we decided it was too cynical to say, but there are many young people who say, this is my passion. After five years, they discover that they're not willing to work that hard. And then mistakenly, they believe that passion is not that big a deal and they take any other job. And for the next 10 years of your, their life, if you've ever worked with any of these people, you know who they are. They try to get their passion. They don't get it. They fail. 
and they give up on their passion. For the next 10 years, they're basically in passion slash work-life rehab where you don't want to be their colleague. And it was because they didn't know and they didn't get lucky enough to know when they're 25 or 20 or 15. Do some people? Yes. Do they get written about? Yes. Is that you? Highly unlikely. And if you've been told all you need is passion, that's just false. You need skills as well. And you need maturity as well. You need a mature passion. You need the willingness to do the work. And and you need a a passion that, that can be a job. Right? Yes. There's, there's passions that can't be a job or can't be a job that you can enjoy. And you have to go to work 220 something days of the year or more. Yeah. And it's got to be something that you like, that you're a pleasant person to be around while you're doing it. You can't say, okay, this is my passion, but I hate all the practice. And so I'm going to be. I'm going to be a miserable person to be around for the next five years until I'm perfect, at which point I'll become Taylor Swift and be, right. and be right. a millionaire. That's not how it works. I'm sure she she was a normal teenager, but also I'm sure that she was still a pleasant person to be around while she was getting rejections and while she was practicing and while she was becoming who she is. And you got to be able to do that too. You can't work that hard at something. Right with only the end goal in mind and not be happy in the in the first part of it be happy in the weeds you have yeah. to be happy in the weeds so basically wrapping up following your passion alone is bad advice it is incomplete advice it doesn't take into, take into account that a lot of people don't know what their passion is yet or the thing that you think of as your passion is really not a passion because it won't withstand the crucible of fire you'll have to go through to earn the right to say you're good at that thing. Some people feel that they have a passion, but they don't have any talent for it. Folks, that's not a passion. And some people actually have the talent for something and a passion, but it doesn't lend themselves the financial wherewithal to support a family. And some people just aren't willing to make the sacrifices. And those things are okay. And just because you're not going to be Taylor Swift or Michael Jordan, and in fact, the rareness of Taylor Swift and Michael Jordan proved the rule. You may not be ready to choose your passion, and that's okay, but get in the weeds, do your job well, learn about yourself, learn about people around you, and with maturity, be able to choose, now I know, and now I know I can make happen the passion that I've learned about myself. Yeah. Good. Okay. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. That's it, everybody. Hope we made our case. Follow your passion is often not good advice, particularly if you're younger. Be careful. Come back next week for more good, specific, actionable guidance from Career Tools. <laughs>